0: Too many of us, out of fear or laziness, or perhaps a combination of both, we're playing it safe. You have a calling and talents and gifts and abilities that God has given to you, and you're not using them.
1: Well, that might be a reality check for many of us. Could it be true that we're not using the gifts and abilities God has given to us for His work and glory? Let's take a look at that. Welcome to Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Loretz. Today we'll continue with Crawford's message centered on Matthew 25, and we're looking at the parable of the talents. An owner gave three servants part of his wealth to invest. One servant invested wisely, the other okay, and the third failed to invest it at all. In fact, he buried his talent. Well, this story has a message for all of us, and it's not so much about investing finances wisely as it is serving faithfully with what we've been given. Some interesting focus points in Crawford's message straight ahead. Hope you can stay with us. We've been in a series looking at what Crawford calls some big rocks that must characterize what's at the heart of our Christian lives. If you're new to our broadcast, Crawford's ministry spans over 50 years. He's been a pastor, conference speaker, seminary professor, and author. Today he heads the Christian Leadership Mentoring Ministry known as Beyond Our Generation. The messages we feature each week here on the program come from Crawford's 15 years as pastor of Fellowship Bible Church of Roswell, Georgia. Well, let's continue our study of Matthew chapter 25. Crawford says there are four critical observations about faithfulness. He mentioned the first two last week. Faithfulness is a matter of trust, and faithfulness acknowledges different capabilities. Let's learn about the remaining two. Here's Crawford Loretz on Living a Legacy.
0: As Christians, you need to sit down sometime and take a look at what God has given you to work with. Don't focus on what the opportunity is first. Focus on what God has given you to work with. That's what you need to steward. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't stretch you. He stretched me by coming to this church. I'm not saying he doesn't stretch you or, or, or that. But well, what I'm saying is this, that too many of us, too many of us are ignoring what God has given us to work with. In fact, some of us are trying to be something that God had never intended for us to be. We're trying to do stuff that he hadn't wired us to do. Then we get jealous and frustrated because we can't pull it off. What has he wired you to do? What has he given you to work with? Sit down, take inventory of that. And so he doesn't tell them exactly how to use it. But he assumes that they're going to use discernment and their minds look at what they have and match the opportunities to leverage that and to and to work work with it. The third observation here in the passage is that faithfulness carries an expectation of a return on investment. Now you, you say, "Well, that sounds so terribly unspiritual." Well, <laughs> you, yeah then you're gonna have to discount all of biblical Christianity. The reason why God gives us stewardship responsibility is because he's looking for a return on the, the, the investment. So there is a tacit expectation. Where do you get that from? We'll look at verse 16. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. Verse 17, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. (laughs) We're going to get to Leroy in a second here. Um, But there there is this return, expectation of return on investment. Every follower of Christ is expected to be fruitful. That's the point. Every follower of Christ is expected to be fruitful. You can't read the New Testament without there being the, the underscoring that there is fruit that should come through your life. There's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter five that the Spirit of God produces in terms of Christ-like character. There's a the fruit of obedience in John chapter 15. In fact, John chapter 15, there's this progression when Jesus talks about if, if you abide in me, you're going to be fruitful. You move from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. All of it has to do, accomplishment is not anti-spiritual. It is not anti-spiritual. Leveraging what God has given to you is biblical. A return on his investment, getting the most out of what he's given to you is an expectation in the scriptures. And faithfulness is driven by this expectation of a return on investment. The first two, you know, they put the money at good use. They were diligent. Now, the third servant was a bit of a mouse-minded man. What a joke. Evidently, what he wanted to do was more important than what he was entrusted to do. And that's always the challenge of faithfulness. What you want to do may not be what you were entrusted to do, and that was this dude's problem. He didn't want to use what was given to him. You see, he'll give a bogus uh, uh, excuse later on, and we'll get to that. So what does he do? Well, he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Dug a hole in the ground. Now, he didn't didn't blow it. He just dug a hole in the ground and hit it. Put the money in the ground. You see, in his mind, there was no possibility of gain. But at the same time, there was no possibility of loss. He played it safe. He played it safe. Too many of us, out of fear or laziness, or perhaps a combination of both are playing it safe. You have a calling, and talents, and gifts, and abilities that God has given to you, and you're not using them, or you're being C-minus with it. You dug a hole in the backyard and you put it in there, and the clock is ticking and the calendar, the years are flying by, and your fear has become deeply entrenched. And some of us have gotten sophisticated enough that we have put our fear and sanitized it in spiritual sounding terms. And I I just, you know, I'm just being real with you right now. What's the alternative? What are you afraid of? What are you scared of? In the back of your mind, you know God's giving you this, giving you this, giving you this, giving you, you this, but you're playing it safe. Well, I might make a mistake? Hear me on this. God can redeem mistakes, but he can't redeem inactivity. He can't do it. You'll learn from the mistakes. You won't learn anything by doing nothing. And so my man hides it, digs a hole in the ground. (laughs) That's bad news here. His problem was that I think he was both, we'll see this in a moment, based upon what happens next. He, He was both fearful and lazy. Fourthly, the fourth observation I want to make about faithfulness is this. Faithfulness is motivated by accountability. Faithfulness is motivated by accountability. I'm not the source ultimately of my accountability. Did you hear what I just said? And too many of us are so, we're just too arrogant. We think that freedom means that I do whatever I want to do and I'm ultimately the, the source of my own judgment and accountability. That's, that's ridiculous. There's a day of reckoning for all of us. Every last one of us. I don't care how much power you have on your job. I don't care if you're the chairman, the CEO, and all of the owner, all of that, Rob, put together. Every last one of us, there's a day of reckoning. And that's the reason for this parable. Now, you don't just get to choose what you want to do with what I've given to you, ultimately. So now we come to verse 19. Wow. Wow. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Called them all up to his office. He says, I want to hear a report on all that money that I entrusted with you. Well, here you have it. And he who had received, verse 20, He who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. Incredible. 100% return on the investment. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward and saying. Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. Again, 100% return on the investment. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. (laughs) Here's Leroy. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. (laughs) Well, let's look at the reckoning first. Verse 19. The master had been gone a long time, but notice... This gave the first two servants time to maximize what had been entrusted to them. Notice their mindset was to maximize what had been entrusted to them. However, when you look at the response of the third servant, interestingly enough, given resources, given a charge, entrusted with those resources, entrusted with the trust of the master, the first two... They took that time to mean I can maximize what had been entrusted to me, but this this third guy, he had time to rationalize and get comfortable with his disobedience. Out of sight, out of mind. What was the difference between the two or the three? First group. They realized that that the master's return, he didn't give a date as to when he was going to come back, so they lived with a sense of uncertainty, which drove urgency. And by the way, this is also a portrait of the coming of Christ. The reason why God doesn't tell us when he's coming back is because we need to be afflicted with a delightful sense of uncertainty that will feed and fuel urgency, don't take your life for granted. Don't take, you, you don't know if you have the next day or the next month or whatever. So I want you to maximize your moment. This other dude says, um, You know, you know I, 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 he didn't come back last week. It looks like there's a pattern here. And he just sort of rationalized, Well, you know, hey, I mean, you know, whatever. To not be faithful is very, very dangerous. Because you can, you, can, you can talk yourself into such a comfortable disobedience. You can rationalize. You can make all kinds of assumptions. But there will be a day of reckoning. So there are rewards and consequences here. Obviously, the reward is given to the first two. The expression, well done, the expression well done, um, that's not just a commendation. I think sometimes when we, we see things, uh, the, our English translation, I, I, I actually think, and I, I'm actually borrowing from an insight uh, on this uh, uh, from another scholar, but I actually think the well done here has to do with bravo. Bravo. The master saluted the first two. Bravo. Faithfulness brings the attention of God. I said this last week. Commendation. Look at the number of times the word commend is used in Hebrews chapter 11. That he commends faithful people. He says, bravo, bravo. And notice that he commends them and salutes them for two things. He says, good and faithful servant. Don't, don't, don't skip over that. He commends them for being good. What does that mean? Well, it's a reference to their character. The fact that you did what was asked of you to do shows that it, out of your integrity and character came this fruit. And it says, faithful speaks to their diligence. Your character and your diligence. There's a relationship between the two. There's a relationship between what is accomplished and who you are. Good and faithful, faithful servant. So he also, notice, 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 their reward, this is amazing. Their reward is more scope and opportunities. He gives these guys more scope and opportunities. Let me tell you something that I've observed. Opportunities tend to find faithful people. I just have to tell you this. There are people who get jealous and you know, you got haters and you got these folks that are competing and, and they get jealous of folks. But when you look, now, and I know there's some exception to this, but on balance, it's been my observation, really, don't, don't get mad at folks. Who are excelling and who are getting more and getting, if you look at them, the reason why they get more opportunities is because they were faithful with what they had. And, and, and it tends to find faithful people. It tends to find faithful people. is the reason why I told my sons this and all in ministry. I said, don't ever, don't ever campaign for visibility, don't ever campaign for a platform what you do is you pour yourself into what God's called you to do and let that take you to where you need to be. Let that take you to where you need to be. And this is exactly what happened here in the text. The, the, the owner said, yeah, man, I can trust you. Look at you. Well, here's more. The other reward that they got is, you might miss that, is that not only were they given more scope and opportunities, but he says, enter the joy of your master. The second reward was that they got the warm approval of their master and a future marked by joy. Why? Because you were such a great steward. You, you're, you're experiencing God's pleasure. There's no greater feeling then doing, you know you did what God told you to do and you did it to the best of your ability. I've had this experience where you, you sense their affirmation of heaven greater than any standing ovation you'll ever get. Why, because you're faithful. Now the consequences. Katie barred the door. Now to the third dude. Verse 24, and I'll just summarize. Well, I'll read it and then say a few words. He gives this little bogus thing. We've been through that. I knew you to be a hard man and, you know, gathering where have not scattered no seed. So I was afraid of dug in the ground. This kind of thing. And notice what the master says here in verse 26. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. And gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. Just, just put it in a bank. That didn't take just, just go down there and just put it in a bank. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with a little bit of interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want you to notice a few things about this. This is some very strong language here. Notice that he says he, he, calls, he calls this servant wicked and sloth. He called him wicked because he received money and did not do what he, it was intended to do with it. You might say, well, that's, that's, that's sort of harsh. Well, think about it. To not use what's been entrusted to us for the intended purpose is the same as misappropriation of funds. This is how serious God is about faithfulness. I gave you this for this reason. It's not like you didn't know. And yet you willfully did not use it for that reason. They were good and faithful, good meaning character. You are wicked. They were good because they used what I gave them for the intended purpose. You knew the intended purpose, and your character would not allow you, your poor character would not allow you to do what was right. Slothful. You're lazy. He disliked (laughs) work. And his dislike for work caused him to do nothing. He just didn't want to work. He wanted folks to give it. He just didn't want to work. He didn't want to do it. And by the way, we need to understand something. We don't get credit for preserving what has been entrusted to us. We get credit for using it. Now, verse, uh, verse 30 is a troubling verse. I don't know if this is a reference to hell or not. Just uh, um, some, some scholars believe that. It's a parable, so I don't know if it's a reference to hell or not, but I do believe that whatever you might think of the verse, this servant now will experience increasing sorrow, increasing sorrow and regret. The larger point that Jesus is making is this. To be lazy and unfaithful has consequences. How many people have you met in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are marked by deep, powerful regret. I've met a ton of them. And they can't blame anybody else. It's just that they got distracted in life. They were lazy. They didn't do what needed to be done or whatever it might be. And that they're not where they need to be. Just a couple of observations in conclusion. One is that uh, a question. What are we doing with what has been entrusted to us. Every day of our lives, what do you want me to do with what you entrusted me to do? Remember, it's not what we have, it's what we do with what we have. I got a lot of stuff on the walls of my study at the house, memorabilia and things people have given me along the way. But you could take all of that and throw it in the trash. I just want to make sure that my life has mattered for the glory of God.
1: Crawford Loretz, our speaker here on Living a Legacy. What a challenge for us all. Let's examine the talents God has given and make sure we're using them for His glory. Here are those four observations about faithfulness once again. Number one, faithfulness is a matter of trust Two, it acknowledges different capabilities. Three, faithfulness carries an expectation of return of investment. And number four, faithfulness is motivated by accountability. If you joined us late in the program, you can hear the complete message on our website. Go to livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org, or listen on your favorite podcast platform. You can also download these messages for free. Look for the MP3 link on the website, livingalegacy.org. Thanks for taking the time to let us know how these weekly messages are impacting you. A short email would be very helpful. And let us know if you listen online or on radio. Our address, legacy at moody.edu. For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for being with us today. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.